Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. This week, my guest on the show is our minister, Reverend Robin King. This week, Robin and I sat down over a cup of coffee and had a fantastic conversation about the transfiguration of Jesus and how that story relates to the institutions and structures that we've built around this religion we call Christianity. Not only the physical temples and buildings and churches that we've built over the last 2,000 years, but more the institution of religion, the structure of religion. What does it all mean? How does it relate to transfiguration? Let's jump into it and find out. Here's my conversation with Robin. I hope you enjoy it, and thanks again for joining us. Welcome back, Robin. Thanks for joining me for a cup of coffee today. Thanks, Ben. So, Robin, often in the format of this podcast, we'll sit down and just have a casual conversation over a cup of coffee about some deep spiritual questions or topics that usually relate in some way to the sermon that you're, you've got mulling around in your head for the upcoming Sunday. And today, I thought we'd do something a little bit different because we missed posting a, a podcast last week, and your sermon on Sunday was so good that I thought we can't let that one slip by and not talk about it. So we're going to kind of rewind a little bit and talk about some of the stuff that you discussed on Sunday in church in Basha here. And um, also how that ties into where we're at in sort of the the calendar year of the church. So we've got all these different seasons and we've, uh, we're just now heading into the season of Lent, right? Right. So kind of give us a bit of a picture of where we're at and like what we've just come through with Epiphany and, and how that transitions into this next season. And I think really by talking about what you talked about on Sunday, which was transfiguration, this idea of the, uh, the revealing of who Jesus is. Um, it, see, that's a great thing about podcasts, Ben, is that they're, they're largely, I mean, we try and plan ahead a little bit, but we're ta- going to talk about, right. But they're largely unstructured because it's a conversation, right? Yeah. Which is, which is really great because that's kind of my, uh, that's, that's kind of my, um, preaching style, Your style message yeah. style, um, is, uh, you know, I don't, I don't use, use notes. It's not like I haven't thought about it or anything because I have, and I've got in my head, I've got like an, a vague structure of where I want to go. Uh, and then in the moment, I sort of expand on that, right? It it just kind of happens. Or maybe um, maybe you have a, a one year old or a seven month old baby crawl up to the front of the church. That and, happens and, too. Uh, yeah, and take your thoughts in a different direction or well, inspire it, it's you. It's funny with... you say that though, because uh, well, first of all, we're saying that because that actually happened, right? Um, and and like I, I mean, honestly, like there's nothing that you can say or can't say that isn't improved by having a toddler crawl the, all, the, all the way to the front of the church and like try and crawl up the steps beside you. Um, and uh, it's all about new life, right? It's exactly. it's all about yeah. And and uh, but it's kind of like um, we we do uh, another piece of our Sunday morning. Uh, which, you know, it has a fairly regular structure. That's a word that's going to recur frequently this morning. Um, it, it, it has fairly regular structure. We have two pieces um, that are uh, message, right? One that we actually call the message, which is the preaching part. But we have another time we call learning together, which is when we talk with the kids, right? The message for and, the kids. Yeah. And just to be absolutely clear about that, the point of that is to have conversation with the kids. It's not mm-hmm. to put them, you know get them to kind of sit there and be on display so that you can see that we have children. It's so that we can have a conversation with them and hopefully we're all learning, right? That's why we call it learning together. And uh, the great thing about learning together is that no matter what it is you think you want to talk about, wherever the kids go with that is where you're going to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the great learning from that. And that's the, uh, cause they'll always go somewhere. They'll always go somewhere interesting and frequently somewhere you weren't expecting. Oh Yeah. Right? Yeah, you've had some real gems. Yeah, and and ninety nine times out of a hundred, whatever comes out of their mouth is wisdom, right? It's mm-hmm. it's gold. It's like you more than they ever realized. I, I can't even begin to guess the number of times I've thought to myself, "Well, I'll just not do the sermon today because that was it right there in <laughs> in like twelve words." What, is, what I'm going to so take twenty minutes. I I was away uh, traveling a couple weeks back. Um, in Ontario, and Grayson said something while I was gone, wasn't it? Or was that the a different week? Anyway, Grayson, at one point on a Sunday when I wasn't there, uh, Kelly was telling me that he said uh, that we are made of light or something like that. Oh, yeah, that? that could have been, yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago. 
You're asking me to remember something from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so sorry, putting you on the spot I'm, again. I'm, I'm, I say that because you're also asking me to now remember what I said on Sunday morning two days ago. Where you're and, now already thinking about next Sunday, probably. I, it's it's yeah. mostly gone. Um, well, it's not gone, but exactly how I said it probably is, um, because I didn't write it write it down right. Um, and that's that's the thing about having structure. When when I was in seminary, the, uh, the great guy t- uh, teaching the the preaching class, um, it was excellent. It was it, it he had um, it was we were we were learning how to create form right and have structure right in okay. in what we were saying, and uh, um, it was based on a on a an idea that you know here's a here's an ideal structure kind of thing, and um, that's that's great. It's really important. I, I'm actually somebody who, if I write something down and read it, or at least have notes, I will sound like I'm reading it. Hmm. I, I really admire people who don't, like who can have notes or read something off their phone and not sound like they're actually just reading it. Um, I'm not one of those people, which is why I started doing the thing where I don't use any, right? Yeah. So I have a structure. Well, I think, and I think that's more, even more impressive. I, well, I agree I, with you. I it's hope Im- it, I hope it's, it's, I hope it comes across as, I hope it, I hope it's more genuine and sincere, right? Cause it's in the moment. It is. It's what you're saying. And I know you, like you're not doing it to be impressive, but I just think that's a more difficult, uh, task then yeah well it has its downside too right because like in your head you have a structure but right. you're filling it in as you go right so you might miss stuff yeah. and so like for instance on sunday i totally missed something i, for- I forgot to say something that was fairly key to the opening <laughs> piece I'll, I'll, I'll just say that in a second but but the thing about that is that um the ideal ideal is that you have a structure in your head and you're filling it in as you go right um whereas if you write something down and like some weeks as as you know because i say this all the time uh, some weeks i think i should have just read my blog (laughs) Uh, right because it would have it would have been more concise it would have been more uh um structured right Right. um because it's something to write down um and the church is so like that um, we sometimes get locked into the structure, right? Um, worship, we even even the word worship, right? We get locked into a structure that is about worshiping something that is not understandable and not attainable. Yeah. Right. And and I'm not saying that that's that's 100 a bad thing because it's not. Um, but there's a piece of that where ultimately I think people start to do things because they've simply learned to do that. That that the structure has become the thing, yeah. Not what you might learn from it, right? Yeah. So, for example, when the, we were just when we were talking before, I said one of the things about Lent, uh, the season of Lent, is that for people who actually even know what Lent is, um, it has become the time when you give up something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you could give up chocolate or smoking or whatever. Okay, but that's not the point of doing that. Do you know what the point of doing that is? And quite often, I think people kind of go, "It's something I do because it's what I do." It's, it's, it's become a, 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 the, the practice has become the thing, not what you get from it. And you could, you could ask any, um, Catholic or any Jew or any Muslim or any religion and anyone who practices any religion and they might say, well, I, I, you know, I don't really know. I don't really know why we do this. It's just what we've always done. Right. And, and the thing about that is that like, I always say that I think, uh, and this is why I frequently say things like I'm not really religious. Um, is because I think religion is a structure that we put on our faith in order that we might understand it better. Right. Ideally, if it's not doing that, then it's not doing its job, and we should not be doing that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we and, talked about that um, a while back on the podcast. I, when I we can't were... imagine we don't talk about it frequently because I'm sure I bring it, has it up, come a lot. up a lot. But it, it came up specifically around this: um, the idea of what does the Sabbath mean. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, again, like, are you just practicing, observing the Sabbath, having these rituals or or routines that you go through the motions just for the sake of it? Or is it truly adding meaning and and value? What's it meaning, right? Yeah. So, um, that that sometimes, I think that's, I was going to say sometimes, but I think that's uh, more than sometimes what happens with worship, what we call worship. I'm, I'm, increasingly i think starting to call it a service i don't know why because i'm not mm. sure that that's any different um <laughs> in 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 terms of we we call it worship and it, essentially what it is is a format 
that we follow, if you'll pardon me saying so, religiously, um, and we never deviate from that. Right. And I, I can't even begin to guess the number of times I've been in a church where this is how we do it. Because, and if you try and do it differently, it like completely throws people. Yeah. And which is what makes me want to do it differently. It, to yeah, throw them to, off and make them think about it, right? Yeah, and um, you've done a lot of that in the, I mean, in the 11 years that you've been, it's been 11 years, right? I've uh, been here been 11 years. Anyway, there. I think yeah, we, we both came to Basha around the same time. And through those years, through that last decade, more than a decade, you've um, led us through some very uh, big changes, which were sometimes uncomfortable for the congregation. Pretty big things, like taking the... Uh, what do you call the kind of the railing along the front of the the sanctuary? We removed that so that we could start so doing community. Thank you so theater. much. Thank you so much for contributing that that vital piece of information to the conversation. You didn't actually know what it was called. It was just there, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, oh, that's the thing. And, and, and honestly, if I if I went back historically and told you exactly what it was called, it's called a rude screen. Um, it, you'd probably go what, right? Because we just don't know anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, uh, whether that's because we're not taking the time to explain to people, um, or whether it's because it's like most things in terms of our structure and format, it's been there for so long, why change it? Right. Right. And so people just become so acclimatized to it that they don't even know what it means anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, just so we stay with the story we were going to talk about, <laughs> I think that's often the case with a story like the Transfiguration, um, right? Which is, in fact, that, that word exists because it describes this moment in the biblical story, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't really mean anything else because it, it, it doesn't, I, I don't think it, people sometimes like to say it means transformation or change, but I don't think so. I, I, think, I think it means more than transformation. It means more than change. I think it means... Um, uh, there's a there's a fullness a completeness to it um, that um, we don't often include in that because you can transform something you can change something and it still isn't what this story is about because I think this story needs the revealing piece mm. right mm -hmm. the the story is the story is Jesus goes up the mountain with uh, uh, Peter James and John and while they're at the top of the mountain um, uh, there's a bright light Jesus is illuminated transfigured. Mm -hmm. appears to be kind of like when Gandalf appears as Gandalf the White. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like I've, I, so many times I've seen people use that as an example, um, that, that uh, he is transfigured as a bright light and uh, Elijah and Moses appear. Um, Peter, of course, immediately goes, wow, this is awesome and spectacular. Let's build a memorial. <laughs> Like, let's, can I, can I build, I'm going to build three little things to mark for each of you to mark this moment, right? Three structures. I'm going to build something solid because, you know, this moment's going to disappear in a second. So I'm going to build something yeah. solid. The structures and then, last longer than, you know, than, than right, we do. Right, they'll last, they'll they'll last out, forever, right? they live us, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then um, a voice is heard, there's a voice heard from the cloud saying, this is my beloved son with whom I'm, well, well, we're. I should say we're using, I think this year is Matthew. Um, and so in Matthew, there's a voice from the cloud and God says, it's my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Um, listen to him. That scares the bejeebers out of the disciples uh, who are cowering in fear on the ground until Jesus says, don't be afraid, come with me. And they go down the mountain. So. That's the moment. That's, to me. That's transfiguration. To, that's the transfiguration story. The The moment of transfiguration is the bright light yeah. thing. But the point of that story, uh, we, we often say, uh, is the revealing of Jesus as the son of God. This is my beloved right. son. Right. right. It's a moment. In fact, as the, it's in, it's the last Sunday of epiphany, um, it, the season of revealing, it's the ultimate moment of revealing the bright light. I mean, it, it actually even, it's the bookend of the star, right? The well, star I was marks say, Jesus that's coming. That's why you brought that up in, in church right. on Sunday too, is that so, the parallel of the, the star leading the way to illuminate. Yeah. And so now, you know, here's reveal. Jesus fully illuminated, yeah. transfigured, and, uh, uh, off they go down the hill. And um, this is, uh, although we put it at the end of Epiphany and right before Lent, um, the story doesn't occur chronologically there. It's for the Gospels, it's kind of the, the moment between uh, Jesus' ministry and teaching and on the way to Jerusalem to die now. Um, right. So it's, in fact, literally going off the mountain down into the valley, right? Yeah. Um, but the thing about this story is, 
and I, and I so many commentaries last week. I just reading through various commentaries of people saying, particularly if you're going to talk about the transfiguration with children, don't explain it. Don't try. Don't even try to explain it. Just tell the story. Let the story speak for itself. And and even even with with adults, don't try and explain it because you can't. It's the ultimate miracle story, right? It's a miracle. Okay, but the moment you do that, you put it out of reach mm. completely. The moment you say it's an unexplainable miracle, you might as well go back 2,000, 5,000 years um, to the point where people thought fire somehow was a gift from the gods because um, we can't explain how it happens, right? right. Um, you, you might as well do that. Um, the, the other thing about it, because there's m so many pieces, right? Um, the other thing about that is that I think that uh, in the story are two very accurate representations of what the church does and has always done historically. We either build solid things that we think are going to last forever and we aren't ever going to change them because they memorialize a moment Yeah, that somehow we think that's going to keep the moment alive and that's not the point of keeping the moment alive and no, it isn't going to do that. Um, or we cower in fear. <laughs> it's either it's either about the the, yeah. the building something solid, yeah. or it's about being afraid. Fear fear the Lord. And the thing about uh, that is that, 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 that's, that's in Scripture. But that's all so, over the place, isn't but, it? Yeah, except that's not really what. Uh, uh, the thing is that that we we uh, well, it's it's what we do, right? We we build yeah. things. We, we or we're afraid, and that's completely counter to Jesus. I think you were saying this earlier about uh, you. You had this great story about a friend of yours um, yeah. having visited the oratory and having been in Montreal, in Montreal and yeah. having been so moved by the you know how the scale and the beauty and all of that kind of yeah. stuff, and how we build things like that um, to mark uh, like a structure to mark somebody who is all about. Anything but structure. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> like came along. Like, it's all about breaking down the structure. And he walked into the synagogues and the temples and basically had this crazy revolutionary thought that this isn't where God lives. God is everywhere. Right. And and, and he got killed for it. <laughs> right. And so, in fact, uh, was it last week or the week before? Um, we, we, have, we have stories about Jesus um, uh, challenging authority. Yeah. Um, and challenging the structures, but at the same time, he's going to say, but I'm not saying the law, God's law is wrong. What I'm saying is we need to fulfill the, the heart of the law, not mm -hmm. the letter of the mm -hmm. law. And the fulfillment of the law is, is in living out God's love, right? That's, that's, a, we, the Sermon on the Mount was what we had a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the last two or three weeks before Transfiguration. Anyway, the, the thing about the Transfiguration story though, is that, that because we tell it as it's a miracle that you can't explain. Mm-hmm. We can keep it at a distance. It's like worship, right? Where worship is about putting something on a pedestal and it's unattainable. It's it's a power that we can't possibly conceive. And and let's let's remember, most importantly, it's a power over us. It's a power greater than us. We are weak and he is strong. Right. So um and and see so on Sunday. Um, this is one of those moments where it's better to have notes because then you might remember to explain something more clearly. <laughs> on on Sunday, I started I started off talking about the uh, a Brocken specter, right? Which is a it's a, an optical illusion that occurs in the mountains when the sun shines behind you and casts your shadow into cloud or mist, mm -hmm. and it appears first of all as though you're much bigger than you are, or that figure does. Um, but it also appears very sort of spectral and it moves, right? Because the density of the cloud or the mist is different um, and, and it and moves moving, and, yeah. and it, so it's moving, even if you're not. And um, and it'll often have a, a halo or an aura around it, uh, a glory is what it's called, um, uh, that is the light reflecting and refracting off of um, the droplets of water that's in the mist, right. Right? right? So it appears not only as a spectral figure, but one that has this color a sort of rainbow aura around it. Right. Um, and so uh, I then immediately dropped that and started talking about why I was using that image. But the the thing I left out was the reason it's called a Brocken specter. And which is, and this is so relevant to what I the way I was trying to use the story um, is because um, the Brocken is a place in Germany 
And in the 18th century, this the specter was observed by this guy who noted it, like wrote it oh. down, but of course didn't have the science to necessarily explain it. Okay. So it became uh, a legend, right? The Brocken specter. It was a th- it was an actual thing. He didn't hmm. realize he was actually looking at himself. Um, <laughs> but but see the thing about that, and this is why I was saying it was that the very next thing I said was, I know what you're all thinking. This is going to be another one of those times where Robin tries to explain a miracle and ruins it for everybody. Um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, see, I don't think that makes it any less a miracle, right? It's like telling the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 and saying, instead of thinking he went Shazam, here's a bunch of food. What if he simply, um, the, the act of generosity of sharing the little inspired others to do that? See, I think that's a miracle too. Uh, inspiring other people, that many even, to share what they have with others, that's a miracle too. Um, but it's a miracle that we're in. And that's mm. the thing about the the, uh, the transfiguration story is the only place we're in this story for most people is where the, either the disciples who want to build something or mm. the disciples who are cowering, cowering in fear. In fear. Yeah. Nobody wants to be Jesus in this story. And I think we are Jesus in this story. We are 100% Jesus in this story. And it's 100% about what being Jesus reveals in us, not just the revealing of Jesus. Mm. Right? Because if we're in, and it, short version, if, if, we, if we are telling people um, that God is in everything and that God is love, God is the love that connects us, God is the the uh, the greater power in the, whatever language you want to use to describe God, the fabric of creation, and that we're all connected, we are one, we like to sing, we are one, um, and yet we're unique, right? So we're acknowledging our uniqueness, but we're, the presence of God is in all of us. We, we remind people to look for Jesus, to see the face of Jesus in others, right? We're always saying stuff like that, but then the moment we have an opportunity to say, look, here's Jesus in you, we go, nope, it's a miracle, that's Jesus, and right. we hold it at a distance. And and I think, I think that one of the things about this story that's so amazing to me, that's a miracle to me, um, is that if Jesus is in us, if God is in us, we we simply need to shine also. Right, we need to have our moment of transfiguration. We need to be open to that happening, mm. and and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we're going to be able to attain a level of perfection that we expect of Jesus. Um, it means that we're going to live out the truth that is us, and I think that's the point of this story. Um, Jesus is revealed for being truly Jesus. So why would I not want to see who is truly Ben? Why right. would I not want to see who is truly anybody? Um, and I think the, the, the thing about Jesus is that Jesus is constantly reminding people that living out what is in your heart is the fulfillment of what God intended. Yeah. You, you had a great, um, uh, you were talking about uh, the learning together and how that's one of the two parts of our, our Sunday morning worship service. Or, um, it's the the two sort of um, message parts, I yeah. guess. Is and, the, and on Sunday you had that. a you had a children's story that really shared that message. Yeah, it was in fact, uh, and, and in fact, I, I even kind what was of the name of that book. I kind of um, struggled over this when I was telling the kids. Um, I think I initially kind of went, "I have a story," and then I went, "Well, it's a book. It's not really a story." And and the thing is, because it's not really a story, it but it is. Um, it's called uh, uh, "You Are You Are All Kinds of Wonderful," I think, or something like that. See, this is terrible because it's already gone out of my head. Um, <laughs> it's a good book, though. but but essentially, but essentially, what it's about is uh, how you have you have all the bells and whistles in you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the thing is to to ring your bell. Right. You mm-hmm. need to. And and I I saw it as just a, like a really another cool way of saying shine. Yeah, right. Shine your light, yeah. but but not 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 um, not to overpower anybody or to blind anybody. Bright light, right? Um, not not to overpower, but to share who you are in a way that kind of like Jesus with the salt and light image. Mm-hmm. Salt is meant to bring flavor, right? It's meant to season. It's and 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 that's what we're about, 
right? That's why this is almost like a perfect little progression, right? Because we leading up to transfiguration, we heard, um, you are blessed. Mm. Then we heard, mm -hmm. you are salt and light. Uh, and then we heard how that's the fulfillment of the mm. law. And then Jesus starts in the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, he starts talking about the law. Um, and then we get this story about the transfiguration um, that's about shining uh, the light that is the truth of you um, and what's at your heart, mm. what is what you are truly about. Um, and then, of course, ironically in the story, the voice of God says, listen to him. And then we so often don't. <laughs> or we we use Jesus' words as a way of uh, or even the Bible's words as a way of backing up what we think rather than yeah. than learning from the story. Yeah, which is not right? being open and to it at all. That that um that story, that 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 book um about all kinds of being all kinds of wonderful that are in you, um, goes through the very not just the various ways in which you might find that wonderfulness in mm -hmm. you, but reminds you that you have to learn to, right? It's a, it's actually a book about kids for kids yeah. that you need to learn to f not only learn to find the wonderful that is in you, but you also need to learn to show it. Right. Yeah. And, and see, to me that connects with Jesus because that's what Jesus is about. Jesus is about you finding the wonderful that is in you and then living that out. I like how they, f the author frames that because it, it uh, the the message really to me is that you're you it's not reasonable to expect that you're just going to know exactly how to be you right off the bat and that you'll know what all yeah, of those gifts exactly. and bells and whistles like they say in the book are you have to discover them right. and even after discovering them through living there still is a process of learning how to express that and one of the most wonderful things, and I'm sorry, just I, I just grabbed this. It's it's you're all kinds of wonderful. It's by Nancy Tillman. Okay. Um, she's written a series of books. They're they're all and they're all beautifully illustrated. They're awesome books. I recommend them to anybody. Um, but um, it, it, think of how often how different the world would be if we actually did that because how often we do exactly the opposite right we tell people in fact there's a there's a great uh, page in the the book where it's a it's a little kid looking up and it's a monkey in a tree and and it's about how you shouldn't listen to people tell you what you know i'm this so you should be too and you're going to be this um, because you don't, you don't want that, right? You want to find who's truly you. And so it's one thing to be, and, and I, I use, I think I'm stealing this language from Jeff Kirby, um, but, uh, who wrote a book called the Jesus apprentice. But to me, it's less about worshiping an unattainable deity. Um, it's less about, um, even Jesus, the teacher, um, or Jesus, uh, the rabbi and more about Jesus, the mentor. Right. Mm, and friend. Um, it's not teaching us to be different or teaching us to change, even teaching us to transform. Um, we are learning to be who we are and you off and, and, and to live this what's in us. And so for me, like that whole mentor apprentice uh, image is, is actually much more valuable because uh, surely the point of the mentor isn't just to teach you how to do to to do certain skills it's to bring them out from within you right mm -hmm. that you live out um, in your own unique in expression. your own unique way yeah um and that's that's it. just going right back to the whole structure thing so uh on a sunday morning in my head i have an idea of how i this is going to go and what i want to say and then i just kind of talk and fill that in right um and uh, I, that's, that ought to be what structure is about in worship. It ought to be what structure is about in life, right? Is it, you haven't, you have an idea, but you fill it in your own way, right? Yeah. There's, there's a format. Um, it's, um, uh, oh, this is, this is, this did, sorry, it just left in my head though, but this is almost, this is a terrible way of saying this, but, um, we, we, when I do a, a celebration of life with a family, particularly a family that I do not know particularly well, um, they'll, they'll often be terribly concerned about how long this is going to last. The service? Yeah. And I go, well, these pieces that I'm going to say are going to be like 15 or 20 minutes. And, and I t tell them what those are and, and we talk about them so that I know that they're, they're appropriate to the person because the whole thing ought to be appropriate to the person. But essentially, again, they want to know there's a structure but it needs to be appropriate to the person. So the structure, the format might be the same, right. but the content is different. 
Yeah. And not just the content is different, but how long it takes. And, and this happens, I don't know how frequently, um, that uh, there'll be a celebration of life. And afterwards, somebody from the family will say, I'm sorry that went on so long. Um, <laughs> they'll be because somebody talked you. for a long time. Right. Right. Somebody is either the eulogy was too long or they wanted to invite people to say what to speak, other mm. people to speak. And somebody talked for a long time. And honestly, I always say um, they needed to say that. And um, it, it, what needed to be said needs to be. This is a moment where you need to say what needs to be said and you need the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, 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 I know um, from being somebody sitting out there rather than being the pastor um, that that can be very difficult to put up with sometimes. Um, but it, but it's it's a moment where um, you know the the format is 15 minutes. But then it turns into 45 or two hours or two hours <laughs> because, because it needs to reflect the person and the needs of the family. Yeah. Right. And if the family needs for that, like if they need to have a picture tribute, that's 15 minutes long. That's great. If they need to have a picture tribute, that's three minutes long. That's fine too. It needs to be what's uh, expressing who the person is. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, so there's structure but that structure is simply meant to facilitate all that stuff that's in it. It's an interesting duality, though, isn't it, Robin? Because, and this is really what, coming back to the idea of what is the role of worship or what is the purpose of church even. Um, you were, uh, you brought up the, the story I was sharing with you before before we started here about my conversation with my friend Steve last night. And we were talking about the St. Joseph, uh, I thought it was a cathedral, and you corrected me that it was the... Or, it's an oratory. oratory. Yeah. So, and we were, so Steve and I were talking about that and, and this is like 17, 18 years ago. And he still remembers me talking about, I, I guess I made a comment uh, up on the top of Mount Royal there in Montreal about how, you know, isn't this crazy that there's this giant building to, um, in honor of this great man who came along and said, we don't need this, these synagogues and these temples. God is everywhere. Like, I, I really, truly think someone needs to make a brilliant political cartoon about <laughs> Jesus coming along, teaching his disciples all these, these, uh, these principles, and then the early Christians gathering and saying, you know, Jesus said, wherever two or more of you gathered, there I am. Essentially, that, that's church. A few of you get together and you, you have a connection, you have some fellowship, that's, that's what church is. And then that grew and his following grew. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, we, we need a bigger place for all these people to gather. And so they start building churches and they start putting up golden statues of angels and stained glass and all these fancy ornamental stuff that he never would have wanted. I, I don't think. And so the irony is just incredible. Yeah. But it, there is this interesting duality to explore between the structure and the format and the form, mm-hmm. the form that we, that we really do need because it brings us together. Right. But also the other side of that duality being that all of those people who do come together are unique and individual and different. And even, you know, our congregation here in Basha is, is a little bit unique and different compared to the one in Pinoka. And we're sharing you as a minister. So we, we have the same minister. We're neighboring communities and we're still different. And we're different from you know, Hillhurst United in Calgary. Or we're different from, you know, any other church, even within the same denomination. We have our unique Mm-hmm. flavor and way of doing things that works for us. Just like you said, with uh, uh, every celebration of life is different and has to right. work for that family. And so we have to kind of on an, on a, in real time and in, in, uh, in an individual basis, figure out that balance in that right. duality between so, form and, and unique expression. Yeah. Uh, let me just insert here that Lent is a really good time to be thinking about that because it's meant to be a time of reflection, right? Um, but, nice segue, but, nice yeah. segue. But um, the, the thing about that is that this is where we, the, in fact, this is kind of where we come back to the oneness again. Um, the, the point of um, 
the the point of of form being like the content of the form being like who we are and it ultimately the goal of that though is still the same right it's the one that we're back to the oneness right so okay so um we we have a different way of doing things but ultimately our goal is to um hear hear the story of jesus and how that um teaches us to live it's about it's about living out the the love of god um uh what's our our uh, uh mission thing is living, uh, god's, living god's love, love sharing, sharing god's, god's love. love right yeah um that that even though we might do that differently than somebody else that sort of gathering piece how we gather ultimately that's our goal right and and hopefully for most churches for all religious institutions ultimately the goal ought to be um people learning to live um better uh happier more fulfilling lives um based on love it's so interesting that you framed it that way and described it that way because when i was talking to steve last night he he said, you know, we we haven't really, in, in our 20 years of friendship, uh, we haven't really talked much about our beliefs or about religion. And, and he said, and I know you're, you're a church-going guy and stuff. And he said, so, so let me ask you this, Ben. What does church mean to you? Like, what is its, its role or what is its place in your life? And he knows that we, you know, Kelly and I take the kids to church every Sunday, basically. And I'm involved in the church and stuff. And I do this podcast with you. Like, it's... I said, uh, you know, it is a really important thing to me, but it's not religion that's important to me. It's the spirituality and that um, having having some structure in my life that in, that keeps me searching and keeps me asking those questions and keeps me connecting to spirit or connecting mm-hmm. to God. And so, but when he asked me that, it kind of made me stop and think, okay, well, how would I answer that question. What is, what does religion mean to me and to our family? And one of the, the big things that I said to him is that really it's about just getting together with people that we enjoy being around, sharing some food, like everything we do at church somehow connects to a meal or having coffee or, you know, we have these soup Sundays where people take turns making a pot of soup and we we just share share a meal after the service. Uh, okay, hang on though. Hang yeah. on a second. Hang on a second. Um, again, you're describing the thing though. You're describing the the, the you're describing the action, the form. What actually happens when we do that is we're we're uh, people are talking, right? They're sharing exactly. thoughts, ideas. Um, we're creating community. People are feeling like they can be themselves. Um, the, 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 uh, the, like I honestly, like I'm the worst person for people actually have said to me, stop talking about the food part. Um, <laughs> because I'm always talking about how, like we're, the, we're literally the church of food. Right. And I've even, I've even gone on at great lengths, just justifying that by saying, Think of all the stories in the Bible about Jesus breaking bread with somebody or sharing a meal with somebody. And and see, in my head, I imagine that as the writers were writing that stuff down, um, they were collecting their stories and writing those things down. They got to a point where they went, oh, crap, another food story. I'm not putting this one in. <laughs> I'm not mentioning the food this time. Because I think, I think somebody like Jesus would have in, intuitively known that that is the common ground, right? It's the it's the the one that we all got to eat, we all got to drink. That's why we have we have bread and water images, right? Mm-hmm. That's bread and wine. Um, it, it, all of those things I think happen because we that's a that's a that's a common ground for us. No matter what you believe, no matter what you believe, what whatever you think, where you're from, yeah. what 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 color, shape, or anything, age you are, you still need to mm-hmm. eat and drink, right? Yeah, and and sharing in that. Um, creates a common ground, mm-hmm. uh, and and then the question was for what? What are you going to do? Excuse me. What are you, what gonna are you do gonna do with that? With that yeah. um, <clears throat> what are you going to do with that common ground? And what we try to do with that common ground is create community. We try to create mm-hmm. a community where people feel safe to be themselves, to share their ideas, to share who they are, and to want to learn about how to be more of themselves and how to love and care for Mm. others. And that's why we tell the stories of Jesus. I think this was part of the learning together actually on Sunday is that we tell those stories and we share in those stories so that we will learn how to live out the love that is in us. Right. Well, and that's, Um, and that's what Sunday school is all about. uh, I was going to say that actually speaking of Sunday, um, 
a number of times, and I, I was going to say a lot, but that kind of makes me sound like I'm a weak preacher. Um, but the learning together is often longer than the message in terms of duration in the service, right? So if you're looking at the format of a service, yeah, right, of course the sermon is the key part and it's going to be the longest piece. But it often isn't because, frankly, um, engaging the children tends to yield more learning um, than me talking for 20 minutes, right? So quite often the the, the uh, learning together might be 20 minutes, but the message might be 15 or 10 even. God help willing right uh, um uh but uh but that's the thing is that that uh and and again another piece of that is that the, the reason for that the reason for that in part is because the learning together isn't about me talking it's about engaging others and getting them to participate yeah and the message is often not that um i, I just trying to think of who that the, way back when i was back in the day and i grew up in a a a quite high anglican cathedral environment, right? Where sacrament and structure and form, um, mm. that was, that was, was a everything. lot of yeah. everything, right? Yeah. Um, but, but I also remember uh, the dean uh, back in the day saying, um, I think it was one who said, and I've heard others say this too, um, if you, it, preaching is a lot like, um, preaching is a lot like drilling for oil. If you haven't struck anything in the first 10 or 15 minutes, stop talking. <laughs> Um, and, and I've heard preachers, I have heard preachers who talk for half an hour and I think you should have stopped after five minutes. Yeah. You made your point in five minutes and then you just took 20 minutes to elaborate on it in a way that was not particularly useful to me. Thank you very much. So I'm not going to get those 20 minutes back, but thanks for the first five. Um, and, and I think the reason for that though is because preaching is all about me telling you stuff. It's about me talking. It's about me thinking that I have so, such great wisdom to share with you. Here it is. You're going to listen. And the learning together thing that we do is about me interacting with children or whoever's leading it. Frankly, it could, yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be me. And, and so uh, that's hence my frequent comments about, I would love it if one Sunday morning during the message, while I was talking, somebody stood up and said, I don't agree with that. And then we had some dialogue and some debate about it. Right. Um, I, it, I, I honestly do wish that would happen because but you know you you also have to acknowledge Robin that well you don't have to but I'll say it that um, you know you're very humble but I think that uh, why so many people enjoy the, the Sunday services is that your message almost um, unfailingly does deliver something that oh I had never thought about it that way okay all and right so but... there is that 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 value of uh, during, for that reflection time for people to hear the hear a story but told in a, you know I think maybe this is what the story was about yes yes but again uh, it's all about false humility though um, because uh, it's again me and and I I often try to remind people um, I'm not telling you what to think I'm just trying to tell you what I think so that it might prompt you to think about it mm -hmm. right but again it's still me expressing what I have to say although I am trying to say it in a way that I hope will prompt people to think about it. Um, and, and hopefully I'm not saying necessarily what people want to hear, um, but that they need to hear. Right. I, I hope, mm -hmm. I hope um, I, I'm, I'm also not particularly um, happy to say this, but I have backed away from things occasionally um, simply because I thought um, um, I, where I would go with this is considerably far beyond where the people sitting in front of me are going to go with this. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I'm, I'm often really, I'm often really not great with, like, I, I, I like to use a lot of pop culture references, which I'm sure many people don't get. Um, I'm, I'm overjoyed sometimes when they do every now and then Star Trek reference and somebody will go, yeah, I got that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, but the point is to get people to think about it. Right. Uh, and, and, and while that's great, I also think there's some, a real value in, and this is why I think things like um, the food part is important to people, is because that's the opportunity for you to not necessarily have to just listen, but to participate. Yeah. Right? And yeah. I think, but but you should have been participating during the service, too. Well, and that's right? why we we stand up. Even if it's more hymns, passive. We, yeah, it's a more passive participation. Yeah, the response. Yeah. Uh, 
a format of prayer that even pre- even in prayer, right? Yeah. Um, the the idea is to invite people to participate. It's not to impose a structure on them in order that they might follow it, in mm-hmm. order that they might learn the routine, mm-hmm. right? And and again, that's a thing about Lent, right? Is that at some point we learned the routine. Um, and that's that's fine, except if the routine is not yielding you any personal value, if it's not helping you be more introspective, it's not helping you reflect um, on yourself, on your your how how you are. Are you in fact living out what you know? If you've been going to church every Sunday since last Lent, what have you learned? Mm. You know, and and by the way, if the answer to that is hmm, I'm not much i'm guessing then that might also not be just you (laughs) that could be where you are right and so it's worth again i don't mean abandon it ask questions about it Mm -hmm. right i I think one of the things about having structure religion religion being structure is that we uh we are often that's one of the moments where we are that's one of the moments when we are most not like jesus because we're not willing to challenge the structure we're not willing to, we're, we're so comfortable in it. We're not willing to say, well, you know what? That's, I'm comfortable with that, but I'm not getting anything out of that anymore. Yeah. And unfortunately for most people, that's when they walk. Yeah. They don't ask questions. They don't challenge it. They don't say, how could, how could I participate this in this in a way that could make it be better? Uh, even if it's simply uh, critique, um, they simply stop going. And I, I mean, uh, both of the churches that I serve, I'm sure there have been people who have simply stopped going because um, they have found other things that are more rewarding. Hmm. Um, I'm sure there are, because I can't imagine there isn't a church where that's happening. When when Kelly and I lived in Halifax for a while, we kind of went uh, shopping for, a, for a, a, a church home, like a place that we would feel like we felt at home and belonged. And we still talk sometimes about a couple of different churches that we went to once and almost ran to the car afterwards. And we refer to those as the scary churches. And eventually we, we like really felt at home uh, at St. Andrews United, uh, which was like a block from the apartment building that we were in. And I got involved in the choir there and it was, it was awesome. Um, But we, it was, I'm glad that we tried out a few other places that were very different from the, like we both grew up in the United Church and we went to some churches that were very different from that format, that form. And a lot of the, the, the style of worship, what felt weird and foreign and, and just uh, kind of off-putting to us was that it, it did feel sometimes like it was just kind of worship for the sake of worship. And uh, this is something that Kelly's always said to me, you know, I, She's, she said, I don't think that, that God has ever, you know, said, I, I want to be worshipped like a, like a king that's just up on this throne and uh, wanting everyone to, all these followers to just bow down and, and worship his majesty and royalty. And, and there's a lot of worship songs that even uh, sound like that, that have that message that God on high, you know, God, mm-hmm. God is this like you said at the beginning of this conversation, this distant up on a, up on a, um, pedestal, unattainable perfection. And we are these sinful, awful, uh, broken beings that will never have that kind of glory or that kind of, and it, it, and I, I get it that, you know, and everyone sees it differently and to each their own. And it, it works for some people, I think, but, um, I just, it doesn't work for me. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that just like Jesus came along and said, you know, we don't need these synagogues and temples and structures. Well, when he, I also don't think yeah. that he ever came along and said, you know, I want to be worshipped. I want to be idolized. Let me just clarify though. A, Let me just clarify that okay. though. I, I don't think Jesus kind of went. We don't need synagogues. We don't need temples. We don't need this, and we don't need. That. I think um, when when I say and and actually I've been I've been called on this before. Although, ironically, I was called on this in a situation where I was actually explaining what I meant by it. Um, but um, I, I'm not suggesting for a minute that Jesus was all about destroying all structures simply because they're structures. I think Jesus' point, very much like he says in uh, Matthew records him saying in the Sermon on the Mount, it's about the fulfillment of the law, right? I come to fulfill the law and the prophets, 
right? Um, um, couple that with uh, Jesus saying um, um, the, the greatest commandment is love God and love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. Of course, what he means is the fulfillment of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the point of that is that uh, if the structure is fulfilling, that's great, and this is the thing about religion is that if then that's why I say about, about church on a Sunday morning or whatever day of the week it is or whatever means it is that you're connecting with church, um, air quotes, um, if it's fulfilling in a way that helps you shine the, the love that is in you, mm-hmm. that's great. If it's not doing that. It's not. And I think uh, when Jesus talks about the, the, the things he wants to challenge and the things he wants to break down, that's what he's talking about. Um, so it's, it's not just wholesale destroy everything. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's about, it's about uh, although let's be fair, there are lots of churches that could benefit from that. Um, <laughs> it's, it's about, it's about um, being discerning about the things that are yes. meaningful oh, that's an and, and if they're not ditch them and find yeah. something that is and and lent again it's a perfect time to be doing that um where we <laughs> can have some self-examination and go hey is this working or is it is it fulfilling um and and i'm sorry to keep using that word but it's the only one i can think of that actually um fulfill is is it's the best way to describe what the transfiguration story is all about it's not just about you must be blinded by the the brightness of my glory which is how we usually treat it um it's that because of the shining of my glory you can see yours and and i can i can help enlighten you to help you find yours right um and and uh, that's that's why fulfill is such an important word to me. It's it in this context is, uh, and when Jesus talks about the law, it's not about the letter of the law. It's about fulfilling what it's it's at, at its heart because that's how we we are fulfilled. Yeah, right. Um, and you you can't do that with with um a Jesus that you're afraid to get close to. Um, <laughs> right. So well uh, said. It's, it's kind of it's kind of like like um. You know, people who, who it, 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 people are always talking about what, what does heaven look like? I have no idea. And just so we're clear, I have no idea. But, but so I, you've never I'm, been there? I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that heaven, whatever, however we describe heaven, however we even use that word, I'm pretty sure it's not like going to a rock concert in a big stadium where the band is way the hell down there and I'm in the back row. At least I'm in the building. That's not the point. Hmm. That's not the point. Um, see, however, however it is, however it looks, I envision that it's the moment of, uh, that's the moment of perfectness. It's the moment of completeness, the moment of complete fulfillment in which you are one with God, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, uh, whatever, whatever structures or, or forms we make in this world, if their intention is to help us fulfill who we are, uh, I'm all, I think that's great. Even if it's not for me, that's why we have, that would be my argument why we have so many churches. It's not because you guys are wrong. It's because um, we each do things that fulfill us differently. But again, from the oneness of God, we come to the oneness of the point of that fulfillment is, yes, you know, and how we get there, that journey, those journeys are all different. That's yeah. where it all goes crazy and, and everybody's different. Yeah. Just like the, the biodiversity of nature and of, of God, all of God's creation. It's a really important distinction you make, Robin, that, um, you know, Jesus didn't come along and say, and I think I'm, I almost made it sound that way that he came along and just said, yeah, we got to tear down all these, all this structure and all these buildings. He was about the fulfillment of it. And, and so whether that's, whether we're looking at the structure and form of our religious practice and the structure that we place around our beliefs, whether we're looking at specifically this element of that, that we call worship, you know, it, I don't mean to suggest that like, oh, you know, worshiping uh, and worship music and all of, all of that is, is just rubbish. It's obviously it's, it brings a lot of people closer to God. And, and for me at times it does too. And I, I just think that for me, um, 
how I worship, like somewhere in the Bible, I know it says worship the God, worship God with all your heart and all your mind and all your spirit or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just about Sunday morning worship service. And, and some churches will say, you know, the, the worship part of the service is that 10 minutes where we, we sing worship and praise songs specifically. So yeah. it's, you know what I mean? And like, I, I think that it's, it's exactly that. It's do it with your whole being and with your whole living. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but, and, and yeah. But, but singing songs about how, how um, all powerful and, and glorious and, and loving God is, that, that's, that's great too. Like, and for a lot of people, that's an important part yeah. of that feeling connected to and feeling one with, with God. Yeah. So we all, we all have our different paths to walk. And as we explore these really big questions and, um, especially like you keep saying Lent during a really Lent. a good time to be discerning yeah. about that. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Nobody uh... just don't give up church for Lent. Um, <laughs> that, 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 there's the, yeah, enthusiasm and energy are, are not necessarily fulfilling except by themselves, right? In the, in, like spiritually fulfilling. Um, they might be good for you. They might be, they might feel good in the moment and everything. But then the, the question becomes how fulfilling is that, right? Ultimately. Um, and, and, you know, people do need, uh, people do need their different ways of, uh, some people don't need the energy enthusiasm of worship and praise songs. They need the quiet and introspection of like the Taze uh, community, right? Where it's about um, simple chants that you can repeat over and over again uh, mm. as a, almost like a mantra. And you got some candles going, you got, it's mm. quiet and it's reflective, right? And other places they need uh, like Hillsong, right? Where they need the, uh, in uh, the big Australia, the... I think, Australia or New Zealand, Hillsong, yeah, um, so. where it's it's all about like high, everything's like sort of high energy or even, even the songs that are more reflective are intense yeah right and and i love some of their stuff don't get me wrong i i just think again even even words coming out of my mouth you should be discerning about it right um we should all be discerning about it and not just kind of assume that because it came from so-and-so it's right or that we've been told so that Mm. must be the way or because we've been using this format for two thousand years, we should keep using it, mm-hmm. um, uh, or, or anything like that. We we should we should be constantly discerning, and frankly, that goes to everything, doesn't it? I mean, ideally, shouldn't we be looking at even like governments and leaders um, who and like politics? Um, shouldn't we even be looking at that as what's the value here? Is the value this person is simply trying to get reelected so that they can keep their job or are they actually doing something good for the people? Right. Um, same thing with relationships. Is this relationship, uh, is this relationship, um, um, doing what it should is it is it is it fulfilling how is it fulfilling me how is it fulfilling the other person in this relationship or other persons um if it's a business relationship is the point for me um to be able to overpower you and gain control so that i can make more money than you oh wait yeah it probably is um, no, or just... but we think like we think like that even in even like even the people who think um people like trump for instance is or, or michael bloomberg right they're they must be great because they're rich how they acquired that, you might want to look into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might want to find out, you, you might want to discern not only how they managed to get into it in the first place, like say whether or not um, a parent left them a lot of money um, or whether or whether their practices were good for people or just good for them. Mm-hmm. And and there we are with structure and practice, right? If if, if the practice that I'm using is good for me, and only me because it allows me to have power over you, it's wrong. If it's good for me and only me because it helps to fulfill me and you can do your own thing, like, uh, you know, if you want to go to a, a really evangelical church or you want to go to a really quiet, reflective church or, or community or how, if you want to 
join a monastic or whatever you want to do if it is fulfilling to you in a way that allows you to be who you are and live the love that is in you you should probably try that and discern whether it's actually doing that mm. if all it's doing is allowing you to have power over others or collect things and money you should have a second thought about that because that's yeah. not fulfilling yeah that's not what it's about and that's where jesus would say yeah you need to think about that some yeah. more yeah that's yeah. that's a really good way to wrap it up i think robin and bring it kind of all together and as you were lent talking, lent is a good time for it, discernment it is and i have no idea what we're going to title this one because we talked about so many different things but this was an awesome conversation thanks for thanks for all uh, well maybe it's maybe it's what the whole the the burst of light thing in the transfiguration is about anyway it should be just called there's a lot going on here there is and there you go it, it, it's a lot to unpack yeah um thank you robin for thanks for ben. helping explore all of this and i hope uh, i hope that people got lots out of this and uh, thank you everyone for joining us today on the podcast and for spending some time with us um, hope that uh, the rest of your day and week goes great and we'll hope to have you join us again on the podcast sometime soon take care and be well <laughs>